0: Uh, Our scripture reading this morning is going to come from John chapter 18, uh, verse 33 through 38. Um, It it follows the time where Jesus had been arrested um, and uh, his disciples, his followers, they had all... Uh, left. They did not want to be caught up in the in, in being arrested. So they all took off. Uh, soldiers took Jesus first to the uh, religious leaders, the high priest's house. They had a, a few questions that they were trying to challenge him with. Uh, and then seeing that it was getting nowhere, they decided to take him to the Roman governor's house, the house of Pilate, uh, so that he could be tried. They didn't really have any charges that they leveled against him. Uh, they just said, we want this man put to death. And so Jesus is before Pilate the the Roman governor, the one who can pronounce what would happen next in his case. And Pilate is kind of wondering, you know, okay, I don't I'm not sure why this guy's here. I need to get to the bottom of this. And so this is a little bit of their conversation that they have John uh, chapter 18 verse 33 through 38. It says, "Then Pilate entered the headquarters again. He summoned Jesus and he asked him, Are you the king of the Jews?" Pilate asked him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, what is truth? This is the word of God for us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. And so Pilate, he begins with this kind of initial questioning of trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, wh- what's the truth of the situation and what's go- why is Jesus before him? Why, is they, why are they wanting to put him to death? But it quickly moves in this conversation about what's the truth of this situation to this more broader question that Pilate asks in the end of what is truth? All right, right, this question, what is truth, is d- deeper. It, it means more than just What's happening with Jesus? Why is he in front of me? It it begins to ask a fundamental question about the world and about this life. I mean, after hearing Jesus say that all who belong to the truth will listen to his voice, Pilate wants to know what is truth. His question really feels like a, a postmodern kind of question. The the question of the twenty first century, if you will, what what is truth? Because it's a common saying these days that people might say, well, well, you just need to find your truth. You just need to know what's true for you. Or, or that you need to live your truth, right? Like, just live your truth, girl. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Just live your truth. Like, we've all heard that, right? But, but, cool. thanks. I don't, I don't know if I could do it again, but. But if you could find your truth and live your truth, uh, then that means essentially that truth is subjective. It means that the truth is something that each person can create, right? You can have your truth and I can have my truth and the the next person could have their truth. And and at some level, it all sounds really fun and empowering for us to be able to just name our truths until you stop and really think about it. Because what if your truth and my truth are different? If we get to create our own ideas about what is true, what happens when our truths come into conflict? Is my truth really the truth or or is there some deeper truth right, that I should be building my life upon? If, if knowing your truth or if knowing the truth is the thing in which it gives your life meaning and purpose, it's what gives you a sense of identity, can I just make that up on my own out of thin air? Or is there some deeper truth that I need to know so I can know who I am, so I can have a sense of meaning and purpose within this world? Because if my truth isn't the truth, and I'm just constructing and building my life upon it, I've got a shaky foundation. If my truth isn't the truth, then I'm building my life on a shaky foundation. And that's really what Jesus' conversation with Pilate boils down to for us. What truth are you going to build your life upon? What truth is going to be central to your operation in this life? Is it the truth that you create yourself? Is it some truth that somebody else tries to tell you about who you are? Or is it the truth of Jesus, the truth that he says he came into the world to testify to? Because all of us have some core piece within us, something that we build our identity upon. All of us have something within us that gives our life purpose and meaning, something that helps to tell us who we are, something that provides for us principles that we live by, a truth that forms us and shapes us. So are you going to try to create that on your own? Will you search to find out what's really true, and in finding that truth, build your life upon it. I mean, truth uh, is an important theme that runs throughout uh, the Gospel of John. Uh, between the words "true" and "truth," uh, it's over 40 times that it's mentioned in John's gospel. If you were going through your Bible and just kind of highlighting places where you saw the word "true" or "truth," you wouldn't be able to turn a page in John without highlighting a place. It's a key emphasis of who Jesus is within John's gospel. And as he's emphasizing the truth, he's not trying to say necessarily that what Jesus is saying is true, though I'm sure he would say, yes, what Jesus says is true. He's not trying to build the case that the words of Jesus are true, but rather what he says is that Jesus is the truth. And that this truth is something that you can build your life upon. from the very first chapter of the book John is introducing us to Jesus and he tells us about this Jesus who is the word, who was in the beginning, who was with God, who is God the one through whom all things in the world have come into being, he says chapter 1 verse 14 that this word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth Jesus, this word made flesh, is full of grace and truth, not that he's graceful and truthful, but that he embodies grace. He embodies truth. He is grace and truth personified. If we want to know what it looks like, what grace and truth look like, then we can look to Jesus because he is full of grace and truth. A little bit later on in John's gospel in chapter 14. Jesus is talking with the disciples and it's this section where he's kind of preparing them for what's going to take place next. He's he's letting them know that he's not going to be with them much longer. And so as he's telling them this, he tells them, hey, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'll go and I'll I'll take you to be with me there. One of the disciples was kind of like, well, well, Jesus, you know, I I don't know the way to get there. How do we get there? And Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Notice Jesus doesn't say, I'll show you a way. He he says, I am the way. He doesn't promise to teach us a truth. He says, I am the truth. Jesus doesn't offer us 10 secrets to a better life. He he says, I am the life. what we can gather from this is that if if we know the truth, if the truth lives within us, then we will know the way and we will have the life. If we know the truth, if our life is built on a solid foundation, if our core identity is wrapped up in what is really true, not just something that we create for ourselves or the stories that we allow the world around us to tell, but if our life is connected to what is really true, if we know the truth, then we know the way. It means we'll, we'll have a sense of purpose in life, a sense of direction, we'll know where to go when we need guidance. As Jesus said in our passage today, everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Right, like sheep following their shepherd. They follow where the shepherd leads them. They, they follow in that way and that guidance. They, they listen for that voice. They seek wisdom from Jesus and they know the way. In John sixteen thirteen, Jesus says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He's saying the Holy Spirit, God's power and presence within us, the spirit of truth will guide us. If I know the truth, the Holy Spirit is within me to give me direction in my life. When we're truly following Jesus, when we've placed him at the center, at the core of who we are, we have the spirit inside us who guides us in truth. You can gain a sense of what you should do or should not do, where you should go or not go of what direction you should take or not take of what's good business or what's not good business of what is right of what is wrong the holy spirit works within you guiding you in truth when you know the truth you'll know the way and if you know the way then you'll truly have life and we can read this as jesus saying you'll have eternal life right there is a a life that is to come after this life a life beyond this life i think jesus even more is saying that we can have life here and now right a life that's filled with hope with peace with joy a life that's filled with love a, a life of not just wandering from one thing to the next but a life that when you come to the end you can look back on and say i really lived in John ten ten, Jesus says, I have come so that you might have life and have it to the full. If you know the truth, you know the way, and if you follow the way, then you have life that is lived to the full in him. I think the challenge for many of us, though, is that, that we might know the truth. Right? We know Jesus. But still yet, there's this kind of competing truths that exist within us, these conflicting truths that still remain as a part of our lives. Perhaps we know the truth, but we haven't let it sink down so deep that it becomes this core piece of who we are, this foundational element that gives our life meaning and gives us a sense of purpose and being. We we attempt to live multiple truths. And so we end up finding ourselves in conflict, or we find ourselves missing out on this peace, this joy, this hope. When I was growing up, like, I, I developed this truth about myself from things that I had heard around me that, that I didn't really have, uh, that I had to, to do all of these things to somehow gain acceptance from others. And that uh, even if I did all that I could, that somehow I was going to end up short, right? that it wasn't going to be good enough. And so there was this kind of competing truth within me that pushed me to do all that I could to somehow earn acceptance or favor from the people around me, to earn love in some sense, but also understanding that I wasn't going to quite fully make it there. And this was kind of this truth that I embodied that affected the way that I lived and the way that I related to the people around me. And so eventually I tried to create this, this other truth about myself. I tried to define my own truth and say, well, I don't really care what people think. I'm going to live my life with this with this walled off. It doesn't matter what you think. You can't say who I am. You don't get a chance to define me. I don't care if you like me or not. And I became this really, um, I don't know, kind of arrogant sort of person in that sense. And so it affected my connection and my relationships with others. And either of these truths really provided a way of life that led me to truly having a full life. Neither of these truths that were out there that I was allowing to define me actually gave me a sense of peace or joy within life. And then, then I met Jesus, and, and I learned the truth. And it began to change the way that I thought, the way that I lived, the way that I saw myself, the way that I saw others. And I found identity and meaning for my life not about what other people thought or or even these truths that I tried to create, but in this foundational truth of the world, right? That God loved me enough, not because of what I had done, because that he made me. He loved me enough that he would give his only son to die for me so that I might have life here and now. And so I found this truth, and it became this, this core part of my being and my identity. But if I'm honest, Like, I still find myself in conflict with these competing truths that define so much of my life. I still find myself in conflict with the truth and these other truths that the world has tried to tell me about who I am or that I've tried to create for myself. And I don't know your story or the truth that you have developed. But as we look around us at the world and our culture, the the truths that we are told Uh, or or that you are what you produce. You are what others think. Your purpose is in what you've done or how you look. I mean, the, the diet, the fitness industry makes its money by convincing you to believe this truth about yourself that's not actually based on health, but on appearance. And about trying to look at yourself through physical attractiveness to others based on some standard that's just made up. But that's a truth that they're trying to sell so you'll buy their product. Uh, I know many men who struggle with who they are, uh, apart from the work that they do, apart from what they can produce. There's this truth that tries to define a person based on what they do and what they produce. And many men struggle in retirement because they're not producing anymore. The truth that they've embodies is that, that what they can do is more important than who they are. That's why many struggle as they get older because, well, if I can't climb a ladder anymore, if I can't lift heavy things anymore, if I can't open the pickle jar for my wife anymore, then I don't know who I am. What's my purpose? I mean, the world tries to tell us that the truth about ourselves is found in our image, it's found in what we can do, it's found in our sex lives, it's found in our work lives, it's found in our leisure lives. There's all these truths that we're bombarded with. But Jesus says, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. He offers us a different truth. And so we struggle with these conflicting truths, even though we may have made a commitment to Jesus 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, 70 years ago. These conflicting truths from our past and the conflicting truths that the world tells us tries to shape us in a different way. I mean, I found myself that even after I came to know Jesus, these other truths are still trying to speak into my life. That I have to, again, go back and back and back to Jesus on an ongoing, regular basis, on a daily basis, to recommit myself to the truth that he has offered to me. I mean, just this past week, I was talking to my, uh, a friend of mine. I was asking for some advice about what to do in a particular situation. I wasn't sure the best approach to take. I wasn't sure how I was going to handle it, what steps I should do next. And and so as I'm talking with my friend says, well, maybe you should pray and ask God what to do. And I had a, oh, yeah. Maybe maybe you're right, right? Because I still have these competing truths that are telling me that I have to figure it out, that there's somehow in which I can be wise and smart enough and good enough on my own that that I don't need to. My friend reminded me of that important truth of who Jesus is and that he's going to offer the way to me. So, what I'd invite us to reflect on this morning is is first, do you know the truth? Do, Do you really know the truth? Do you know Jesus? Is he the heart of, of who you are, of your being, is is Jesus? What gives your life meaning and purpose? Have you found him to be your way? Now, if you're feeling anxious and worried, if you're struggling with feelings of hopelessness and despair, if you're missing you know, the life, are you living in relation to the truth? If you feel an unease with direction in life, if you're looking for purpose, if you're uncertain about the next steps forward, if you, if you need wisdom and guidance, if you're struggling with your way, like are you living in close relation to the truth? Because when you know the truth, you'll know the way. Even when the way seems hard, you'll know that you can travel that way. And if you know the truth and you follow the way, then you're going to have that life, that peace, that joy, that hope that comes through Jesus. Even when the world around you seems chaotic and out of control, you will know in your heart that you have the life. So um, I'm, a, I'm a big Florida State fan. Uh, if some people know that. Some people, maybe this is news for you. Uh, I love the Seminoles, uh, uh, football, basketball, I'm all in like I could tell you the coaches, who's coaching what position, like all the player names. I've got it all down. It was it's, it's my alma mater. Right. I, I went there. I made a commitment to Florida State you know, 20 years ago. And, and, and so I've loved them ever since. But what I know about them today isn't because of the commitment I made 20 years ago. It's because every day I'm going on websites that talk about Florida State football. It's telling me you know, who they're recruiting, who's on the team, how they looked in practice, who got injured, you know, what this coach is doing, what this person's thinking. I'm listening to podcasts that talk about Florida State football, and I'm taking it all in, all of this information I'm processing, and I'm letting it sink in. And it's not because of what I did 20 years ago. When I was in school, it's because of what I'm doing day to day. And the same thing is, is true in our relationship with Jesus and our relationship with the truth. All right. If you want to know the truth, if you want to know the way so that you can have the life, then you have to engage in an ongoing, regular, daily basis. You have to stay connected with Jesus, with the truth on a daily basis basis if you want this truth to be the truth that defines your life to be that foundational element of who you are your identity your purpose and your joy it's it's through being related to him it's a daily walk a daily commitment of letting his truth fill your lives now in john 15 jesus says this he says that he's the true vine and then he gives some instruction for us he says i'm the true vine i want you to live in me Make your home in me just as I make my home in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit. You're not going to have a fruitful life unless you're joined with me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Those who live in me and I in them, who have this ongoing daily connection with me, with the truth, will have a fruitful life. But apart from me, you can do nothing. No. Let's pray. Gracious God, uh, we thank you for Jesus who is uh, the truth. Uh, and we thank you for what uh, the truth means to, to us within our own lives. And so I pray that you would uh, continue to work within us to, to shape us, to transform us, to lead us in the truth. That we might follow uh, the way, we might have the life that you have for us. May we be defined by that. May uh, the truth, uh, who is Jesus, give our life its purpose and our meaning. May we we stick close to you. I pray that you continue to, to draw us unto you, trusting that as we draw near to you, that you come even closer towards us. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.